Gina Della from Pella through June 30th at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Choose 40% off installation or six-year no-interest financing. Get details now at PellaWI.com slash radio or 855-PELLA-WI. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Historic Radio City, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. The AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line is open now. Give Jeff a call at 855-616-1620. And now, in for Jeff Wagner, here is your host, Brian Noonan. Well, good afternoon. Welcome. Glad you're with us. 855-616-1620. That's the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. That's how you become part of the big program this afternoon. And it is always more fun when you avail yourself of that number, whether you are talking, whether you are texting. But when you do call in, you'll be talking to Kyle. He's the executive producer of the big broadcast. To get to me, you got to get through him. So be nice, and uh, that's the way to go. we got a lot to cover today. And uh, it, first of all, it is, everybody has pointed out, it is good to be back in the building. This is, uh, I have been broadcasting from my super secret bunker whenever I've been fortunate enough to fill in for Jeff or Scott. Uh, it's been it's been an odd time. But now I am back, and uh, boy, things have not changed. Everything still looks, still looks as a beat up as it was before, Kyle. I'm not going to be honest. I don't think the keyboard has been wiped down in a year and a half and i don't mean to come in and start complaining but somebody was eating fried chicken in here and they didn't use a napkin carpet still needs a lot of work (laughs) (laughs) it's in tatters but you know what that's what makes that's what makes being in person in the studio different than being at home you know here it's every grain of gunk that's on the wall or the floor it's a piece of history you know, there's something, there's a story behind all of it. Uh, you know, the fact that the chair is falling over precariously to one side means that somebody was lounging and picking at the armrest. So I am happy to be here, especially today as we uh, celebrate a brand new federal holiday. Yesterday, President Biden uh, signed into law making Juneteenth which is tomorrow, June 19th, a federal holiday. But because it went into effect right away, and with Juneteenth falling on Saturday, federal employees got today off. A lot of other companies had already given the day off. I know uh, my wife's firm had the day off. Uh, A lot of the folks here at uh, Good Karma Brands have the day off, which is terrific. But, uh, you know, we're working, and that's fine, too. It's one of those things that I, I know we have had a lot of discussions over the past year, trying to figure out if this was a good idea. And I think it is a great idea. I am very happy that the president took this step. We have not had a new federal holiday since Martin Luther King Day was uh, put into effect. So I'm, I'm all down with this. And if you're still wondering, like me, because if you're honest, and I will be, I didn't know anything about Juneteenth till last year. And I think that goes for most of us. Most of us had no idea what it was, and why people were talking about it, and why, after all these years of us being in school, we didn't know anything about this. How can this be a thing and us not know about it? Well, yesterday the president uh, the president put that away. We, have, uh, we are now celebrating Juneteenth, and Juneteenth represents, if you don't know, June 19th, 1865. It's the date Union soldiers arrived in Texas to announce that the Civil War was over and slavery had been abolished. The issue there is that was two and a half years 
after the president, President Abraham Lincoln's Emancipation Proclamation was signed and declared slaves held in Confederate states free, and two months after he was assassinated. So it took two and a half years for some states to finally come around and say, okay, uh, you know, we'll start abiding by this new law of the land. There were a lot of other states that were not uh, going along with it, but... You know, we tend to focus, we tend to focus on Texas and Galveston in that particular day, June 19th, where things were going on. But uh, there were Delaware, Maryland, Kentucky, Missouri, West Virginia. Those states were still operating under the slave mentality when this all went down, when, when the troops finally got to Galveston. But this has been a big thing. And in the African American community, People have been celebrating this for decades, ever since this happened. It went away for a little while, then it started coming back, and it's morphed. Milwaukee has a long history of celebrating Juneteenth, and now everybody's going to do it. There are some people who are saying, well, why why is this an issue? Why are we, why are we paying attention to this? Isn't this going to be divisive? Which was the main the main argument for one of the lone House of Representatives members to vote against it. This was, this was unbelievable. It passed unanimously in the Senate. And let's be honest, it passed unanimously in the Senate because Ron Johnson earlier in the week dropped his objection, which he had been doing for a long time. So he decided, all right, I'm, he, he put his finger in his mouth, held it up to the wind, went, yeah, we're not going to, I can't win this one. And he got out of the way. So in the Senate, it was unanimous. And then in the House, there were only 14 members of the GOP who did not vote for this. One was Tom Tiffany, a Republican from Hazelhurst, and uh, he put out a statement that said, uh, a measure to recognize the holiday, quote, fueled separatism by creating a race-based Independence Day and called the effort politicized. Uh, he was the only member of Wisconsin's delegation from either party to vote against the bill. So, we now have another federal holiday. We are celebrating something that is something that a lot of people do not want to talk about. And we'll get into that and what the president said and why it is important. But I want to know from you, do you side with uh, Tom Tiffany and think that this is this is not going to help relations. This is just going to make things worse. Brian, what are you thinking? Why would why would we want something that it's going to cause a lot of uncomfortable conversations? And we don't want that. We want to just pretend it didn't happen. Push it under the rug like it's been for all this time. Or are you standing up and saying, you know what? It's about time. And sometimes the hardest conversations to have are the best conversations to have. And so by bringing this to the forefront, it's it's beginning, it's a step in the direction that we all want to take. 855-616-1620, that's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. I want to hear from you. It's Brian Noonan, in for Jeff, 620 WTMJ. Welcome back to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. Jeff. 
Juneteenth is tomorrow, and yesterday, President Biden signed into law that it is now a federal holiday. Uh, it is the, uh, in addition to the federal holidays that we already have, we are now doing it. But don't worry, the post offices still deliver your mail today and tomorrow. So your junk catalogs and your Kohl's coupons and everything else is still going to come today and tomorrow because the post office said, listen, we, there's no way we can stop things with four, 24 to 48 hour notice. So, but uh, all federal employees got the day off today except the post office. So, you know, that will disgruntle some letter carriers and that, oh boy, we don't want to disgruntle letter carriers. It's already taking long enough to get the mail. But the question becomes from people like uh, Representative Tom Tiffany is this going to be more divisive? The goal, I think, for making Juneteenth a holiday is to begin the step toward unification and education because if we're honest as i said before most of us did not know anything about juneteenth we maybe learned about it on the tv show atlanta maybe we started hearing more about it last year after all the uh, the george floyd protests and black lives matter protests and all these things started coming more into the mainstream for people who didn't know about it because we didn't learn about this in school we didn't learn about the Tulsa riots in school. I learned about that from watching The Watchmen. That's embarrassing. But if you, you know, if you weren't taught it in school and you didn't know about it, that's that's where it becomes. The president praised the newest holiday. He said it was a way to help heal centuries-old divisions and bring about racial justice. He said, quote, great nations don't ignore their most painful moments. They embrace them. In remembering those moments, we begin to heal and grow stronger. And I agree with that. And I know you do this in your own family, probably, or with friends. The hardest conversations are sometimes the ones that are most worth having. 855-616-1620. That's the AccuNet Mortgage Talk at text line. Jason is in Mequon. Hi, Jason. Hey, afternoon, Brian. How's it going? It's going well, thanks. So what do you think about this? It's good. I am split 50-50 on this. I think it's absolutely great that we celebrate Juneteenth Day and the uh, freedom of slaves. Uh, what happened down in Texas on June 19th when... You know, they finally said all the free, uh, slaves are free and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. However, I don't agree with President Biden making this a federal holiday. Because every time you make something a federal holiday, you shut down the government and everything like that. And we already have 20-some-odd federal holidays which shut down the government. And we need the government to operate as much as they can. So I'm split 50-50 on it. I, well, you know. this would, Jason, this would be the 14th federal holiday, as I'm counting them uh, now. We have uh, New Year's Day, Martin Luther King Day, Washington's Birthday, Primary Election Day, Memorial Day, Independence Day, Labor Day, Veterans Day, Thanksgiving, Christmas, uh, Eve, Christmas Day, New Year's Eve and New Year's Day, and now uh, Juneteenth. So those are... Uh, we got Columbus Day. Hmm. Uh, that's a federal oh, these holiday. are Wisconsin. Well, was, oh, yeah. How many federal holidays? I miss. I must be missing a couple. Yep. Yeah. So, well, I'll, I'll do some more research, but that's pretty much it. I think I think it adds weight and import by making it a federal holiday. Um, I think it goes a long way to telling people, listen, we we're embarrassed about this this portion of our history, and yes. Most of us have, you know, have no connection to it other than we are Americans, and that is a shame 
on our country and something that we do need to address. Jason, I appreciate the call. Thanks very much. Have a great weekend. Got a lot of texts coming in. Uh, Brian, it does not bother me about the holiday. It's part of history that should have been taught in high school uh, back in the day, in the 70s. Uh, let's see. We've got we got differing opinions. Uh, how is another black holiday supposed to unify us? I, other than Martin Luther King Day, I'm not sure what other black holidays we have. Um, and I do think it is it's important to unify. You can't unify until you face the problem. Like you can't make up with if you have a fight with your wife, you can't just hope that it goes away. You have to address the problem and then work on making things better and in a macro way that's what this is this is the united states taking responsibility for a dark period in our history saying we know we can't change it but this is a way to commemorate it so it's never forgotten so that down the road uh your kids my kids they learn about this kind of thing in school because you have to learn the good with the bad that's the only way you can really know the truth. Um, let's see. We've got a few more rolling in. I'm very much for this becoming a holiday. I think it would be cool if someone made a movie or limited television series based on Frederick Douglass's narrative and released it on this holiday last next year. That's a good idea. That's uh, Jeff in Fox Point. From the 920, uh, Brian, no, this is not division. It's celebrating history. Division is leaving up Confederate monuments who lost the war that killed thousands of American Union troops. The members of the GOP that voted against this are the reason the GOP will continue to be labeled as racist and out of date. It is, it is one of these issues where when there's so few people voting for it, or voting against it, rather, it's going to be very hard to justify. And I'm not saying that legislators need to always vote the way they think the the crowd is going. But you know, in fact, that is exactly how they vote. This time, this seemed like a no-brainer, but you've got certain segments of the public and certain segments of the government that are going to say, no, we've got to, we've got to block this for whatever reason, and it's a shame, because I think it's, you know, I don't... I don't see the harm. And if you if you can explain the harm to me, I'd love to hear from you. Because, you know what? We're all about differing opinions, so we can have a civil conversation. I just I just don't see where the problem lies. 855-616-1620. It's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Brian Noonan in for Jeff on WTMJ. Welcome back to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. We're talking about Juneteenth. Ginger is going to have the last word. She's in Grafton. Hi, Ginger. Hi, how are you? I'm well. So what do you think? So I think we need to remember what it would be like if we switched roles with them. Um, I lived in Australia, got getting my master's degree, and I saw a film. It was called The Barbecue Area, and it was when the Aboriginal people were sailing in um, on the ship, and they landed on the island of Australia, and it was all the white people there, and they were barbecuing. Mm-hmm. And the Aboriginals uh, landed and said, well, what area, what land do we call this? Kind of pretending like he was James Cook. And um, the guy said, well, it's a barbecue area. And so from not seeing that movie, you have to remember that what if the roles were switched? And if we were the ones that had to endure what the African-Americans had to endure? And so you always kind of have to remember looking at from their perspective 
And so I think it's a good thing to have this day celebrated. I, too, I'm a teacher, and I, too, did not even learn about this until I was in college. And we don't really spend that much time on it in yeah. schools. Isn't it? So that, and that's, that's kind of a shame, isn't it, Ginger? It uh, it's it's unbelievable to so me that, that we all went through school and didn't learn about any of this. Right. And so I think one little thing like this, yes, it's another federal holiday. There's many other powerful economies in the world that have more federal holidays than the United States, I'm sure. I mean, Germany gets five weeks vacation and they're a super strong economy, right? Mm -hmm. So one more federal holiday isn't going to crush our economy. And I just think something small, a token like this, is a step in the right direction to bringing reparation between the the division in our country. I agree. Thank you for the call, Ginger. There's a lot more, a a lot further distance to go, but this is is a step. And uh, again, as President Biden said yesterday, great nations don't ignore their most painful moments. They embrace them. In remembering those moments, we begin to heal and grow stronger. And that, I think, is what we are doing. After the news, oh, man, Scott, uh, Scott's got people chanting down at the airport, Bucks in seven. A lot going on. We'll talk a little bit about the Bucks. I want to get I want to get the temperature of the listeners. What do you think? Can the Bucks go to Brooklyn? Can they wander into the Barclays Center? And take it from the Nets? I don't know, but we'll figure it out. Right now, I need to take a breath because Mike Spaulding is here. He has all the news, and he's tired of waiting. Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. Jeff is taking a well-deserved day off. I'm Brian Noonan. Oh, my goodness. The Bucks last night, again... Looked like things started to slip away, and then they took control in the at the end. The Bucks 104, Nets 89. You heard the game right here on WTMJ. Uh, Middleton has 38 points. Game 7, tomorrow night at the Barclays Center in Brooklyn. Uh, Kyle, what say you? Is it going to be Bucks in 7? Is Last night, the defense, was, the defense had stepped up. They, they did a much better job last night. I think they looked good last night in the second half. Yes. In the first half, I was like, they might lose this game. <laughs> and if that happens, I don't know what's going to happen. So, I don't know. I feel I feel good knowing that they, they won. Yeah. But I feel like going into you know the Barclays Center Game 7, it is going to be a little bit of a different animal. Um, yeah. And, and Harden is only getting more healthy. Yeah, what's going on? You, you know, you miss a little because you're injured and then you come back stronger than ever i i'm calling for a blood test i want some sort of performance enhancing drug uh, thing going on i got to see what's happening i'm not saying he's doing it i'm just saying let's find out if he's not i had a high grade ankle sprain last summer so i know what kyrie irving is going through sure, of course right you now. do because you you as well are a world-class <laughs> athlete there's yes. no doubt about it <laughs> yeah but i mean i would imagine if you pull a hamstring or something you don't come back five, seven, maybe not even ten days later. So I don't, I don't know how, how it's happening. I mean, he isn't. Sports Center was kind of trolling him about this yesterday, <laughs> where they were like, he, yeah. his average speed was like three point three miles per hour in the game, right. uh, in in game five. So like, I mean, he's moving very slow. He's just walking to his spot, taking a shot, and that's it. Okay, but he's still scoring points. Yes. I don't so. care how fast you get there. You know, if you can make if you can make the buckets, do it. I stubbed my toe in '86, and I'm still limping. So I don't know. Just that he's out on the floor is very is impressive. Yeah, it's pretty wild. So I feel I feel good, but I have a I have a certain anxiety with it. So I don't think it's possible to be a fan who's logical and have and not have some sort of anxiety when your team is on the brink of elimination. It's and I know there's some people who will they put on the rose colored glasses and everything is fine. 
and it doesn't matter. My team is going to win come hell or high water. They're, they're the best. And then there's other more reasonable, more panicky uh, fans who are like, oh, boy. Uh, I'm not saying they're not going to win, but I'm worried. I'm concerned. Uh, and it sounds like a lot of, even a lot of the local uh, Milwaukee sports monkeys are feeling the same thing. Nobody, nobody I've heard is really going, yeah, it's a lock. They're going in there. Right. They're going to be eating across the street at the. In, you know, they're going to be hanging out in Brooklyn with John Travolta eating slices of pizza, uh, having a victory parade. No, 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 no. It's, uh, yeah. Even our own Justin Garcia. Now, I, I will. I will admit to eavesdropping a little bit. He was doing an interview. Uh, he was on Scott's show, or he was on with Scott on Steve's show, but uh, he was doing another interview, and I was listening like a radio listener because I couldn't see him, so it was just like he was on on my radio, and he was saying to it. A little bit concerned, not not throwing in the towel, but you know, home court has been a big thing throughout this series. Uh, again, Harden, everybody, it's it's going to be rough, but that's tomorrow night. And I'm wondering how you are uh, how you are feeling about this. Are you? And this goes to all sorts of fandom, but it's especially poignant at championship time because we are you one of these. My team, do or die, there's never a question in my mind they're going to do it. And then if things go poorly, you feel like you've been gut punched? Or are you a little more rational and you're you're looking at all the X's and O's? You're you're reading the columns, you're listening to the interviews, you're breaking things down in your own head, and then you want your team to win, obviously. But if they don't is it it's just a, a disappointment mild disappointment it doesn't it doesn't ruin your day you're not going to put your fist through the wall you're not going to kick your dog which you shouldn't do anyway uh just put that out there in case somebody's going I, I think he's promoting kicking dogs no not at all how are you feeling about tomorrow night in Brooklyn eight five five six one six one six twenty that's the Acunet mortgage talk and text line we're talking basketball a little bit on WTMJ Jeff Wagner on WTMJ <laughs> Bucks at seven, maybe, fingers crossed, right? Tomorrow night, they head to Brooklyn to take on the Nets after a big win last night, 104-89 over the Nets. You probably heard the game right here on WTMJ. I'm wondering how you're feeling. Are When we talk about fandom, as I said, there's two kinds of fans. There's the one who believes their team is going to win no matter what, and then there are the... Well, I guess there's three. Then there's a pessimistic fan who always believes their team is going to lose. Uh, and I don't know why you would call yourself a fan then, but you, but you do. You call yourself a fan. And, uh, and then there's the rational fan who looks at everything. And even though it might hurt them, they say, I don't know if my team can do this. I will be disappointed if they don't. I will be elated if they do. But right now it's a toss up. 855-616-1620 is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Got a number of texts coming in from the 414. I was at the game last night. Their three-point shots were bricks, and I was concerned until the third quarter when Middleton made a couple and seemed to ignite the team. I am concerned about Game 7, but I have been this whole series. Makes sense. Uh, from the 414, the Bucks will choke. Okay, <laughs> there you go. Uh, s- straight to the point. Uh, from the 9-2-0, let's be realistic. Kevin Durant is that Jordan Kobe type player. He's not losing Game 7 on his court. And that's that's a good point that I brought up before, and I heard uh, Justin Garcia talking about that earlier, that home court has played a big role 
in this series. And now that every place is open 100%, you know the Barclays Center is going to be filled with those dirty New Yorkers just screaming their obscenities and throwing pizza at everybody. And, uh, yeah, you know, oh, yes. Don't at me, New York. You heard me. Uh, and David at Glendale says, I'm apprehensive. Uh, two butts, though. They have been... M- Meaning my heart since the 80s. I've been breaking a heart. But if they do lose on Saturday, Coach Bud is gone on Sunday. Oh, hot take. Hot sports take. What do you think about that, Kyle? You think they're going to fire the coach if they don't, uh, if he doesn't make it? If he doesn't down the nets? I, yeah, I think so. Sure. You got to fire the coach. You always fire the coach. (laughs) Trade the whole team? I don't know who we would hire and if that would make anything better because, I mean, you're, I think we hired Budenholzer expecting a championship. Yes. And we're even closer to that. So does firing him and hiring someone brand new get us closer? Right. I don't don't know if that's the answer, but. It placates the fans who are calling, who will be calling for somebody's head. And like I said, you can't, you can't pull up the truck and trade the whole team. So the coach is always the first scapegoat. Then you go to the GM. Sometimes it flip-flops, but those are the two heads that are normally on the chopping block. So, you know, if you're, if you're willing to be patient. Now, I, I am firmly behind the Bucks in seven. If that were not to happen, how, how much patience do you give to a coach? If you're clo- if if every year you're getting closer, of course the goal is to win, but if progress is being made, do you disrupt that progress just to calm everybody down, uh, to make a knee-jerk reaction, basically like cutting off your nose to spite your face because we're on the right track, things are going well, maybe it's one or two pieces that will get us over the hump. But is the coach is the coach the real the real issue? And I I don't think I don't think in any professional sporting world that the coach is that integral to the success. Now, some some have uh, a better way of handling their their players. Some uh, some guys can relate a little more. Some guys have really good ideas that they can translate, and those those are the coaches that we elevate to that that rarefied air of being you know the best in the business. But, you know, once these guys get out on the floor, they've been playing basketball their whole life. They've watched the films. They know each other. you got to wait and see. But, but let's put off any firing conversation till Sunday. Because then we might not. Then, it, then you might be laughing at us. Remember Friday when you were talking about firing the coach? You want to fire him now? Uh, no, but, you know, we're trying to come up with some hot takes. That's all. Uh, J- Jacqueline's in South Milwaukee. Hi, Jacqueline. Hi, how are you? Thank you for taking my call. Sure. I um, believe that the Bucks are slated to win. All right. For the fact that this is, for my feeling, been prophesied from the beginning. You can take that word prophesied whatever way you'd like to take it. I'm going to take it in the most mystical way possible. I do believe that um, our culture has moved to a point where we are realizing the pinnacle of the great uh, civil rights movement of the 60s, culminating with um, uh, our Juneteenth celebration tomorrow. Yeah. How... 
How does that tie in with the Bucks being uh, prophesized to win? Because, and I would invite Mr. Charles Barclay and um, some of the other great people, of course. Of, And when I say the word great, I mean people like Jordan and O'Neal and the great people who really know that this is the way to go. I really believe that there'll be a great um, Bucks representation at Juneteenth. I believe there'll be a great coming together. Well, I, Jacqueline, I appreciate the call, but I'm sure, you know, I'm sure all the African-American players on the Nets are probably thinking the same thing. Hey, we're, you know, we're, we're celebrating Juneteenth, too. I like that. I like that it was prophesized. I wish we could have uh, drilled down a little bit on where that prophecy, prophecy came from. Was it on, you know, uh, was it on stone tablets? Did it come bouncing out on a basketball? Did one of the sausages from a, a Brewers game bring it? to? I want to know where the prophecy came from. That's that's what I'm, you know, I'm interested in the in the mystical. Uh, Chris sends in a text. My son and I went to the game last night. The team looked okay as there were inconsistencies with free throws and three-point shots. I believe the Bucks can win, but I'm a little cautious, especially with Durant. Yeah. Uh, from the 262, the series was decided Tuesday evening when the Bucks folded in their second half with a big lead and two of the best opposing players out uh, out or hurting. Yeah, that's when Bar. You think last night they played better because Barkley called them stupid? <laughs> you think the round mound of rebound uh, dissing them actually made them go out and play a little harder? I would like to think yes, but in my my rational mind says they they don't care what Charles Barkley has to say about them. The team is that oh Charles Barkley called us the stupidest team in the NBA. Thanks, Chuck. Uh we're we're just about done with you. So anyway, that's tomorrow night. Hear the game right here. Uh it's going to be it's going to be something. I heard it was prophesized that the Bucks are going to win. I don't know uh what you think about that, but uh you know, whatever. It's going to be it's going to be exciting and it's it's also exciting that uh now we can go to all the games at 100% capacity. I don't know if you've been hearing the commercials, but next week is the Brewers, they have christened it reopening day. So uh Hundred percent capacity at the ballpark. I don't know about you. I am ready to go. Let's uh, let's hear from Chris though. He's in Madison. He wants to jump in about this. Hi, Chris. Hello. Um, I you know they always say uh, you know when the end is coming you know or there's always a better chance of health freezing over <laughs> than something good happening. And the, okay. the Milwaukee Bucks, it's like it wasn't that long ago, you'd say there's a better chance of health freezing over than the Bucks winning a championship. So if anything's prophesized, we're, we, if this isn't close to the end, I don't know what is. <laughs> You're right, Chris. This this uh, the last year and a half has seemed like the end of times. So maybe that maybe Jacqueline was right. <laughs> maybe it has been prophesized. I just missed it cuz I uh, you know, I've been holed up in my house, but uh this you're you're right. Now I'm uh, I'm looking at things a whole different way, Chris. Thank you. Thank you. Take Go care. Bucks. Go Bucks. Bucks in seven. Vincent is on the northwest side. Hi, Vincent. How you doing? I'm well. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Uh, you know, uh, I, I think uh, the Bucks. Uh, uh, I believe the. I, I don't. I don't think the Bucks are going to win. Uh, I think they gave it a good effort uh, getting this far. Uh, the fact is, uh, I think history is against them. I don't think any Bucks team has ever won a Game Seven, uh, and so uh, the fact is, the Bucks haven't won 
a title since 1971, uh, and, and 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 that's a pretty long. That is a long, long, time. long time for futility. Yeah, now you don't do you do you subscribe to the? Well, then they're due. Uh, not until they're <laughs> not until they're due. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, uh, you know. So you know, and and, and being a Wisconsin sports fan, and I, and I love the Bucks uh, dearly, and 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 our Wisconsin teams, and and we have we have we have gone through it as far as. Uh, 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 basically having our guts torn out every time we believe that uh, one of our teams is going to do something spectacular. And so uh, uh, I just hope they do well. I hope they show well. But uh, but it's going to be a pretty hard task for them to, uh, to win this game on Saturday. All right. Well, Vincent, I hope you're wrong, but I appreciate the call. Thanks very much. Yeah. Oh, boy. It's, it's going to be tense. Tense around here at Radio City. Tense around the city. Tense around the region. But... That's the way it goes if you're a fan. All right, we got to do this, and there's more. It's Brian Noonan in for Jeff, 620 WTMJ. We'll be talking about Father's Day uh, later in the show, so I want to talk to all the dads. But I thought it would be fun to, throughout the day, bring back something that I've done before, text line trivia. Uh, I'll ask you a trivia question, different ones throughout the show, and uh, you respond via the text line. Don't bother Kyle. He doesn't want to hear your answers to these questions. Just text them in, and uh, you can put your name there, and I'll read your name. Oh, it'll be big. And you'll say, oh, Brian, is there a prize? Yeah, I just said I'd say your name. Isn't that prize enough? Doesn't that make you feel good that I would say your name on WTMJ? Uh, I know. Budget, listen. The pandemic was here. I don't know if you know this. We, we've been, budgets are tight. I don't have budgets for prizes. I just have budgets for pats on the back and, uh, hearty, hearty cheers for you. So here, all the, fa- all the trivia questions today are Father's Day related. So all of the answers are going to have some form of the word father in them. Father, dad, daddy, pops, something like that. So all the answers are going to do that, and you can text your answers into 855-616-1620. It's just a little bit of fun on a Friday before Father's Day. So here is the question for this hour. What popular 1950s sitcom starred Robert Young as bumbling family man Jim Anderson? What popular 50s sitcom starred Robert Young as bumbling family man Jim Anderson? Should I should I make it easy, Kyle? Should I do multiple choice, or should I just make people have to answer it straight up? I, you know they're googling. You know everybody's cheating. Yeah, if it's any kind of trivia, people are already you know googling yeah, and looking up the answer right. already. So, but I like to operate under the assumption that people are honest, even though I know for a fact that not one person is going to answer this question without uh, without googling it. So I'll just I'll just leave it like that. No multiple choice. Uh, what popular fifty sitcom starred Robert Young as bumbling family man Jim Anderson? Uh, oh my goodness! The listen, we either have really big classic TV fans or a lot of people who can Google very fast because there are a million. Oh, from all right, four one four. I didn't Google. Uh, let's see. Looking to the first one, it's four one four. Don't call Kyle. 
Kyle's going to kill me. If you keep calling in there, he's going to be very mad. So don't do that. Uh, yes, Father Knows Best is the answer. Very good, everybody. A lot of great answers. Dave from Germantown didn't Google. Diane, Father Knows Best, uh, and she did not Google it either. So congratulations on your honesty. We'll have some more text line trivia throughout the show just to drive Kyle crazy with the phones ringing. But right now we've got to do this. Then it's news time on 620 WTMJ. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Historic Radio City, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. And now, in for Jeff Wagner, here is your host, Brian Noonan. 855-616-1620, that's the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. It always works better, Kyle, when you turn on the microphone. By you, I mean me. I started talking, and I realized, man, that was not sounding uh, good at all. There was nothing there. But welcome back. If you just uh, are joining us, you missed the text line trivia right before the news. Got a lot of a lot of great answers. We'll do that again. Uh, somebody, somebody though, did want to point out the answer was Father Knows Best, and they said that it is on TV on Channel 6.2 at 8 in the morning. So if you're looking for a little Father Knows Best, uh, you've listened to uh, Gene and the crew with Wisconsin's Morning News, and you're like, I- I'm pretty caught up. I'm going to take a little break now and watch some wholesome family entertainment from the 50s. Then that's the time you can do that. I am not a fan of zero-tolerance policies anywhere. I don't like them in schools. I don't like them in the law. I just think it's easy for us to say that we live in a world of black and white, where something is either good or bad, but I don't believe that. I believe that most of us, and by most I mean all of us, operate in a society and a world that has shades of gray. I also believe that people, when they're young, make mistakes. And sometimes, if a mistake is not that serious, it's not a mistake that should follow you for the rest of your life and potentially affect future employment, getting a mortgage, you know, anything, getting into school. There's a lot of things. Why do I bring this up? Why do I feel so bad about zero-tolerance policies? Well, the state Supreme Court this week uh, made it tougher for judges to expunge convictions for young people who might be deserving about getting a youthful offense wiped off the record. Excuse me. Now, I'm sure some of you are already saying, nah, forget it. As Beretta used to say, don't do the time if you can't, don't do the crime if you can't do the time. We have no sympathy for offenders, youthful or otherwise. Hang on. Hang on. Because this is, this is the ruling Tuesday. The court was divided. They determined that sentencing judges have no wiggle room to expunge if other officials in the criminal justice system note any kind of violation uh, of the many conditions that are usually put on probation sentences. So basically what this means is, if you... And this... I should I should say this right up front because I don't want I don't want you getting the wrong idea because it took me until uh, reading down the article because at first I was like well if the, if these young people did horrible things then they don't need it no no this is for certain nonviolent crimes and the law as it stands now allows offenders under 25 to have the record of their conviction expunged put away it's not on the public record nobody will ever know about it but it's for certain nonviolent crimes so we have to we have to be able to divide our criminal conduct into very serious kind of eh it's it's bad and then nonviolent where 
nobody was hurt. Uh, it's something, it's, you know, you did something stupid. Maybe you got caught underage drinking. And I'm not talking about drinking and driving. I'm talking about you just, you know, or you, you did that, but thank, thank, thankfully nobody got hurt. Maybe you shoplifted a pack of smokes from the quick trip. I don't know how you do that. All the smokes are behind the counter. But I've got very long arms. But you know what I'm saying. It's nonviolent crimes. So the majority of the in the decision called it a simple matter of following the text of the law that any violation of either the judge's or Department of Corrections conditions derails expungement, even if the judge or the DOC ultimately concludes that an offender successfully completed probation. On the other side of this, the dissent says the decision places expungement further out of reach for those defendants who would benefit most and disagrees with the majority take that the sentencing judge has no discretion to order expungement in the face of any rule violation, no matter how small. So there's the key. <clears throat> right now, right now, there are, there is no wording in the law that says you have to follow the rules nonstop or, or, or 100%. That a small infraction. For example, let me give you this example. For example, I'll give you this example. I love the word example. Let's say you live near the border. Let's say you live down in, uh, you know, uh, in Kenosha. And when you were 16, 17, 18, you committed a crime, nonviolent crime. Now you're on probation. Okay. You cross over into Gurney to go to the outlet mall to buy your mom a Christmas present. Well, guess what? You left the state. That's a viol- that's against the rules. Should that person not be able to get his record expunged because he went to the Gurney Mills Mall at Christmas time to go shopping, even though the Department of Corrections clears that person and says, you know what? You've you've fulfilled all the things we needed you to fulfill for probation. And so, guess what? Your record is expunged. This is not going to follow you for the rest of their, of your life. Or are you going to be the stickler who says, hey, rules are rules, man. And I don't care. I don't care if his mom doesn't get a Christmas present. Couldn't he have shopped at Woodman's in Kenosha? He didn't have to, he didn't have to go cross the line. Woodman's has lovely things in the bakery. Who, whose mom doesn't like a pie? And you're going to make this, you're going to make this young person now carry that, carry that burden of one mistake throughout their whole life. Because if we look in the mirror, I know for me, I made plenty of mistakes. I did not make mistakes serious enough to cause me to be arrested or to have a record, but it, it, it wasn't out of the question that that could have happened at some point. Now, do I want something that I did when I was a stupid adolescent if it's a nonviolent crime? And not all nonviolent crimes, only certain nonviolent crimes. Do I want that to follow me forever? And aren't we supposed to be, and I know this is, Kyle, mark the tape, this is the most Pollyanna thing I think I've ever said, so be ready, uh, be ready for the backlash. Aren't we supposed to be trying to rehabilitate people? Especially people who are young and commit these nonviolent crimes isn't part of being on probation giving them a chance to get their life straight and see the error of their ways so that they can become, I don't know, contributing members of society. I know that's I know that that's a pie in the sky ideal, but that's kind of it. 
And if we if we go along with this kind of thing and say, no matter what you do, one slip up and you're marred, wait, we should just start tattooing people. Once you get a conviction, we start tattooing you, and uh, because it's never going away, and that's the way it goes. 855-616-1620 is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. What do you think of the Supreme Court saying, hey, one little violation and you are out? It's Brian Noonan in for Jeff, 620 WTMJ. Back for more, here's WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. The Supreme Court is taking away some of the powers from uh, local judges and the Department of Corrections saying, uh, we're not, we don't want you to have any wiggle room when it comes to expunging certain nonviolent crimes from juvenile records. And I, I'm not uh, a fan of this. I don't like zero tolerance. I don't, uh, I don't think if you make one small mistake, you should be branded for the rest of your life. Also, who's going to know better than the sentencing judge? and the Department of Corrections. If both of those entities are saying, listen, uh, we know you, you know, you were on probation and uh, you got caught having a beer, that's, it's wrong, you broke, you broke the rules, but it's not a severe enough infraction that we're going to burden you with this your entire life. 855-616-1620, that's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Gianni is in uh, Montello. Hi, Gianni. Oh, hold on, Johnny. There you are. You're, you're, yeah, yeah. Uh, great show, and you're a great host, along with the others. Oh, uh, thank you. At WTMJ. Hey, hey listen. Um, I think we have to make the distinction uh, between minors and adults, and 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 the the law stipulates that mm-hmm. um, we all make mistakes as 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 kids, as teenagers. Uh, you know, mine weren't weren't uh, you know unlawful offenses. They were mostly involved with farm machinery that I must be alive. But uh, okay, so but no, listen. Um, you know, the, the the judges should have uh, discretion to expunge, um, in my opinion, the, the the records of minors. But you know, I think we have to do a better job, though, in, in setting down. Um, you know, with, with minors and saying, hey, you know, uh, if you're stealing cars and that, you know, you, you can't do this. Or, or, or you, you know, um, whatever their offense is, but you know, you have to follow the codes of society, mm-hmm. and um, then you expunge their record. But um, maybe we need to allot a little bit more money into uh, the rehabilitation of juveniles when they when they commit crimes and that. But well, um, and that's always you know, that's always the hurdle, isn't it, Gianni? That. that we have to find that money. That's always that's always the big problem. People are, where's that money coming from? But it, you're well, right. But it's an investment in society. It's Correct. an investment in our young people. Yeah. So I, I don't care where it comes from, but it better come from someplace because, you know, the, the, the youth of America are our future. So let's invest in them. I like that point, Gianni. Thanks for the call. A uh, couple Couple texters disagree. Uh, from the 262, I disagree. In Milwaukee and many urban areas, we desperately need zero tolerance on car theft and carjacking and crimes committed with guns. And this, this is not that. I, listen, I still say zero tolerance is different, I think, than what you're talking about, 262. I think those crimes need to be prosecuted to the fullest extent. There's no question about it. What we're talking about here is certain nonviolent crimes. If you got, I don't know, you got caught underage possession. Maybe you had, you know, maybe you had a couple joints when you were 17 and you got arrested before things were legal. Does that is and then so you get arrested, you 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 get convicted of having these uh, having some pot. You're 17 years old. 
now you've served your probation, but uh, you're, you know, maybe your probation officer thinks you lied to them. Maybe you, you, to, you made one mistake, two mistakes, little mistakes. Well, the way this new law would have it is the judge can't look at that and look at the overall stuff you've done while on probation and weigh that out and say, you know what, all the good you've done, all the progress you've made outweighs this small mistake that you made during probation. So I'm going to go ahead and expunge your record. They wouldn't be able to do that anymore. There's no there's no room for looking at each person and treating them as an individual and deciding if, you know, listen, if you're on probation for one of these nonviolent crimes and you're continuously screwing up, well then, okay, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with you not getting your record expunged. But I don't think it should be a blanket thing to just say one mistake and you're done. Uh, from the 262, parents are responsible for raising their children and teaching them right from wrong. Parents should be held accountable as well. Well, that is a, you know, that is a popular opinion. I, I believe parents should be the ones who teach their kids right from wrong. Uh, unfortunately, there's a lot of parents who did try to teach their kids right from wrong and who did, in their estimation, a pretty good job. And guess what? Their kids still screwed up. So, Yes, we need we need input from the home to stop these crimes, but we're now we're this is you know talking about the parents now is like uh, closing the gate after the horse is out of the barn. The the kids already been arrested, they've already got a record. Now we have to see are they going to be able to shed that record for certain nonviolent crimes and go on and be able to get a mortgage and a job and all these other things, or are they going to be saddled with a Mistake that they made when they were adolescents for the rest of their lives. Uh, from the 262, a guy I know was pretty bad, was a petty thief. I'm sorry, pretty bad. Petty thief. Always got caught. The judge got sick of seeing him, gave him a choice. He joined the armed services or go to jail. He retired from the Navy after 20 years. It's a success story. Yeah, they don't do that anymore. That, that was always the thing. You want to go to the Army or you want to go to jail? Which, you know, if I'm the Army, I'm like, we don't want all these reprobates. We want people who want to be in the Army. You know, this is not this is not a catch-all for all society's woes. We we want people who are willing to serve. But I know a couple people who were uh, like this story from the two six two. They weren't criminals, but they were you know a little sketchy. And the service did did great for them. It instilled discipline. It changed their entire life. So the service is terrific. I don't I don't think. Uh, anymore, we should be judges should be sending people to the service because it does it does a it's, it does a discredit to the armed services if you are using them as a punishment. Serving the country shouldn't be a punishment; it should be a choice that you make. Or you know, if there's a, if there's a horrible situation, we need to draft people, but it shouldn't be punishment. You know, it's like going to your room for four years where a guy's going to yell at you and make you crawl in mud. That's not a good punishment. Uh, 855-616-1620 if you want to jump in. More after this on WTMJ. You're listening to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. 
The threat of inflation increases daily. How will it affect you and your family? Please join WTMJ's Steve Scafidi and Dave Spano from Annex Wealth Management for a live webinar, Summer School, How Inflation Affects Investing, Wednesday, June 23rd at 4 p.m. To register, go to WTMJ.com. So very easy to do, WTMJ.com. Uh, hey, we got uh, we got a minute to uh, let's throw out one more text line trivia for this hour. It's Father's Day trivia if you're just joining us. All the answers will have some form of the word father in them. Don't call Kyle. Oh, he, he came in here and he punched me right in the thorax because because uh, people were not listening. I don't know why he would do that. That seems like something I should talk to HR about, but I don't even know if we have HR in the building anymore. I don't think anyone's here. But the point is, this is for texting. Include your name so I can read it. Uh, read your name because that's all we have to give a uh, hearty virtual uh, slap on the back. Here's your question. In the Tennessee Williams play Cat on a Hot Tin Roof, Brick comes home to celebrate the birthday of his father, who is referred to by what grand nickname? In the Tennessee Williams play Cat on a Hot Tin Roof, Brick comes home to celebrate the birthday of his father, who is referred to by what grand nickname? And on Kyle's instructions, there will be no clues. Because he is he's a hard taskmaster. I don't know if you know this. Uh, you know, he did unassuming guy very quiet professional man and yet boy if you cross him trouble is brewing so i don't want any more trade later it's friday we're, we're gonna have to after the news we have to get into this because this is this is i think a rite of passage that wisconsin is doing away with and it is a bad idea it is a bad idea now parents will think it's a bad idea i think Kids will probably think this is the greatest thing ever. What am I talking about? Well, you're just going to have to sit there and wait a minute. And don't forget, here is your question for text line trivia at 855-616-1620. In Cat on a Hot Tin Roof, Brick comes home to celebrate the birthday of his father, who was referred to by what grand nickname? David in Glendale. Boom. You got it. I'll give the correct answer after the news. David played the role in college. Right now, we must go to the WTMJ 24-hour newsroom. I don't know if Mike Spaulding was ever in a play, but he could play a roving reporter right now. Mike! Welcome back to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. Brian Noonan in for Jeff Wagner today. Jeff taking the day off. He'll be back with you on Monday. Oh, man. If you missed the uh, text line trivia right before the news, it was in the Tennessee Williams play Cat on a Hot Tin Roof. Brick comes home to celebrate the birthday of his father, who is referred to by what grand nickname? And David in Glendale got it. It is Big Daddy. Big Daddy was the answer. Uh, David gets applause. And that's it. We don't have uh, our budget is very low, uh, so that's what that's what you get, David. But congratulations. We'll have one more before uh, the end of the show, and uh, you know, if nothing else, you can strut around all weekend saying that you answered a big time trivia question on a radio show. I don't know what kind of capital that'll uh, that'll be for you. I don't know what it's going to get you. Um, maybe your family will look at you a little bit differently, either with awe or with pity. I'm not sure which one, but either way, it's going to be fine. All right, I want you to think back to when you were learning how to drive. Whether it was uh, with your mom, your dad, whether it was driver's ed, whatever it was. It was a stressful time in your life, correct? Yes, you wanted to get that license. You wanted freedom. But there was one last hurdle, and that hurdle was the dr- on the road, the road test. You had to pass the road test. Well, guess what? 
Now, teenagers might not have to pass the road test, and I think this is ridiculous. Because we all know you can do great in the classroom. I don't know if you had a simulator when you were taking driver's ed. We had it, but we only got to use a simulator, I think, once, which was kind of an old-school video game, and you'd sit in there and, you know, like at the arcade when you were doing the Grand Prix race driver thing. It was kind of like that. But there was no pressure. The pressure really came when you had to drive on the road. Now, there are rules about how much you're supposed to practice and all that. But let me give you the background on this story. So the uh, the Republican-controlled Finance Committee approved the State Department of Transportation's proposal to continue its program of waiving road tests for Wisconsin 16- and 17-year-olds who have completed all the driver's education requirements. No, that just because you went to the class... And and maybe you practiced. Sorry. If approved, uh, the current pilot program will become a permanent part of how the DMV allocates licenses starting July 1st. So a few few more days. or And then, man, all the kids will be out driving. So they started this pilot program in mid-May of last year. They wanted to, you know, keep people separated during the during COVID-19. So they didn't want stranger you know kids and the the testers getting in the car and all that would that part makes sense and you don't want to tell kids well listen you're not going to get your license till this pandemic thing is over so you have to figure out a way and and this was this was okay but now under state law anybody over 18 is only required a passing multiple choice knowledge test before taking the road test So you still have to do it. The DMV has said that these people cannot waive their road test because they're not required to complete a driver's education course and behind-the-wheel training with an instructor. If you have a child who is of driving age, what do you think about this? Because I'll get into there. there's... There's two sides, obviously, and you know what side I come down on. I think we got to keep that driver's test. I think it's, one, I think it's important for young people to have to drive under pressure and there's nothing more pressure packed than some guy with a pocket protector or a woman with a clipboard sitting next to you while you're trying to parallel park if you can parallel park while somebody is staring at you through their progressive lenses and wishing that you would finish up because their lunch break is starting in 10 minutes then you can drive in traffic you can sit at the zoo exchange and you know just wait for wait for things to happen you'll be calm but if all you've done is drive with your driving instructor and, you know, they have the the brake on their side of the car, so really nothing bad is going to happen. In the driver's test, it's all you. So that's why that, I think just from that perspective alone, you've got to keep the test. But uh, the waiver program has cleared almost half the usual appointments at the DMV, which is probably good because no hating on the DMV, but let's be honest, uh, other than lining up to get into hell, that's probably the second least favorite place we would want to go. Would I be wrong on that, Kyle? You think, where does DMV rank in the places that you never want to hang out? I mean, I've always had a decent time when I go, but... R- wait, no, always- hold on. Wait, wait, i got to stop you. Just that phrasing. I've always had a decent time. Do they roll out a, a drink cart? What happens that you've had a decent time at the well, DMV? Well, I, I've never been to a DMV here in Milwaukee. So the only okay. ones that I've been at were in central Wisconsin, Stevens Point when I was in college, okay. and usually not long lines. It's usually oh, uh, you, you take care of business okay. pretty quickly. Um, but, I mean, that whenever you have to go somewhere, usually that's high on the list of an inconvenience, right? Something yes. that you have to brace yourself for. 
Well, I have never been, uh, and I've been in, well, I guess it's either been suburban or urban DMVs from Illinois to here to Los, Los Angeles. Uh, and it has always been pack a lunch because you're going to be there for a while. And the, the people, listen, I can understand being a little curmudgeonly if you're working there and you're dealing with all these yahoos all day. If I'm a DMV employee and I got to hear one more person go, well, I didn't bring my own license. No, what do I need? You know, I can't look in this thing to let you see my eyesight. I would be a little cranky too. But so now there, there are less appointments. So everybody should be happy. Everybody at the DMV should be happy. But, uh, Parents have waived 50,000 appointments for their student drivers, leaving DMV offices to conduct approximately 58,000 total appointments. So according to the numbers from the DMV, 84% of 16- and 17-year-olds in the state passed the road test on their first test in 2019. Good. That's fantastic. Then why are we getting... This is opposed to 68% of those above the age of 18. So... I'm not singling out and saying that the younger drivers are worse, but they're they're inexperienced. And if you're 16 and 17, I remember being very nervous when I was first starting to drive. And that first day, like my dad was the one who was teaching me how to drive. You know what? Let's let's take a quick break, and then we'll get into this. What do you think of this? Should 16 and 17 year olds still have to take the road test? I say yes. I think it adds something to your driving arsenal. It makes you think under pressure, which is what you're going to have to do uh, when you are actually out in traffic. Or is it okay? They Listen, they took driver's ed, Brian. They're going to be fine. Let them loose. Shoot them down 94 and see what happens. That's what I say. The gas pedal will sort everything out. 855 It's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. It's Brian Noonan in for Jeff. 620 WTMJ. Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. Wisconsin wants to get rid of the driver's test for new drivers, 16 and 17-year-olds, as long as they have completed the criteria to to get there, to get their waiver, which is 30 hours of supervised driving with parents and 9 to 12 hours of behind-the-wheel training with a licensed instructor. Uh, I don't think this is a good idea. I think we need to need to keep that driver's test. I know it has made the DMV's life a little easier, but uh, you've been out on the roads. Don't you think most people need to go back and take a little driving uh, refresher course? You know, one that includes, hey, look out the front window, not at your phone. That might be uh, that might be one way to go. 855-616-1620. It's the Accident Mortgage talking text line. A lot of responses. Uh, let's see. From the 262, keep the test. Back when I got my road test in the 70s, I even had a manual transmission and was asked to use hand signals every time while turning. Truly skills I believe few can exhibit today. I'll agree with that. Also had to demonstrate parallel parking, a wide turn, and parking up a hill. I had a great examiner who stressed safety and 100% attention and competence, and I think preparing for this rigorous test made me the excellent driver I am today. 40 years of no tickets and no accidents. Wow. Probably a million miles in a multitude of vehicles all over the U.S. and Canada. Well, first of all, congratulations. I don't know how you've made it this far without a ticket. Uh, You're probably the guy that I'm passing. Going, why is he driving the speed limit? I don't like that. But... It's true. We had, did you have to take a, uh, the road test, Kyle? You're a much younger man than I, but did you uh, did you have to do that? Yeah, pretty much everything that that uh, texter 
listed yes. of the same things that I had to do. I, especially the, I forgot about the hand signals. I was just going through if I could right hand, left, or right turn, left turn, stop. Yep. Right? Those were the three. Yep. yep. Those are so, the big three. The big three. And if you're a motorcycle uh, rider, you know those because a lot of motorcycle uh, riders still use those. But I, I can guarantee you, if I asked my 24-year-old daughter what the uh, hand signals were for driving, she'd look at me like I was uh, pulling up in a horse and buggy. I remember a lot of other strange nuances to the road test, too, like the, the, and certain things that I haven't carried over in my, in my driving. <laughs> like, if, if you're taking a right turn, your, your passenger side has to really hug that curb to yeah. sort of signify that you're taking the right turn, so others might be able to go around you on the okay. left yeah. um, if they're going in, a straight, uh, in the straight lane. Um, yeah, and that's one that I will always remember. I hardly ever do it, but it was one that I had to do every single time when you're turning, when you're turning right. Yeah, you know what? You're right. In everyday driving, I don't do that, but... Completely I, unnecessary, but I, yeah. No, that's... I remember it because then you, you would have people who would, we, you still see them. They'll swerve all the way out to the left lane to make a right-hand turn. It's like, no, your, your car doesn't need that much room. It's got, you know, it's a steering wheel. You, mm-hmm. you, you can do that. Yeah, but the parallel parking, that's what, you know, and growing up in the city, you learn how to parallel park. You have to know how to parallel park. And it's a skill that, listen, I'll still, I'll still use it as a flex in front of my wife sometimes. You'll never get in that spot. Want to see? What do you think? Get out. I get no appreciation for it, but and for and for the Y turns, uh, it was that was one of the easiest ways to have points deducted because there was yes. a very specific order of your turn signals mm-hmm. that you had to use, which nobody uses anymore. Um, if you, especially if you're doing a Y turn or yeah. whatever. Yeah. But yeah, that was another one that easily five points deducted if you didn't have the right order of turn signals while doing the Y turns. So there was a lot of there was a lot to it. Is the Y turn the same as a three-point turn? Yes. Okay, because yep. yep. I, I learned it as the three-point turn. But, yes, you did have to – you're right with the turn signals. I always love the three-point turn. You can do it You do it quick. It seems like you're evading the law, like you're a bootlegger. It's a lot of fun. Uh, 855-616-1620, the AccuNet Mortgage Talking Text Line. Chris is in Arlington Heights. Hi, Chris. Hey, Brian. How are you? I am well. Uh, you know uh, – 59 years old, so I've been driving a long time. You know, not as much in the city, but, you know, north of suburbs. But I, I, you just remember the name. I mean, Mr. Wazalewski, you know, <laughs> Marine Corps. Had, he, he, had, he had the buzz cut. You know, he, he was, you know, it was so funny. So I get in the car, you know, we start moving along, and he says, okay, all right, let, let's, get one, let's get one thing straight. He says, pull over right now. Okay. Yeah, I didn't even hit my first stop sign. He goes, you're in my car now, and you're going to listen to what I do. <laughs> Jeez. And that's it. Yeah, oh, yeah. You, you, you see where that car came from? There could be ten more behind him. You don't know what they're going to do. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, and, 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 I guarantee you, you know, Mr. Wazalewski, if there's any more of him around, you know, those are the guys that you, know, you learn to drive from. And, and you know what? I remembered a heck of a lot from him, but it sounds like it, Chris. You, now, do you hear? Yeah. Do you hear Mr. Wazalewski's voice sometimes when you're in traffic? Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh yeah, all the time. Especially I'm down in the city. Yeah, Waz would have said, "Don't even try that," you know. <laughs> well, listen, we but, thank but, you know, we I, thank Mr. Wazalewski for his service uh, to oh, to oh, children yeah, yeah, everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, and you know what? That's what I'm saying. You take away that, you take away that test, and and you know what? They they, they don't experience that, and you know, and, and they're on their devices and doing everything else, and 
you know, I couldn't imagine what Wazalewski would say if you, you know, saw a kid on his, you know, cell phone back then. There was, oh. was no cell phones, but oh, he just, yeah. oh, he, he'd become unglued. The the the, 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 uh, the M nineteen or whatever that you know would come out. You know, <laughs> wow. I don't know what, but my lord, no, he was crazy. Wazalewski taking it to the next level. Chris, thank you for the call. That's, I don't want a guy with, you know, I, I, I don't need a teacher with firearms, but I do need, you know, I need somebody to be strict. From the 414, I drive for the Elmbrook School District. Keep the test. These high school students drive crazy and need the test every year until they turn 18 and another one in 10 years. They don't get uh, that a 5,000-pound vehicle can kill them or someone else. From the 262, how about the morons who make U-turns at busy intersections on red, swinging into oncoming traffic from two directions? Yeah, it's... Uh, this is something... And, and let... We'll wrap it up. But do we really trust that parents are doing their best? We'll see. I, I'll tell you what the uh, the National Safety Council says. We'll do all that. We'll wrap it up. And if you if you have a Mr. Wazalewski story or one similar to that about a, a driving instructor or learning to drive that, uh, you know, you think, and what do you think about this driving test possibly being done away with? Ugh. Bad move. It's Brian Noonan in for Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. Really, Wisconsin, we're going to do away with the road test for 16 and 17-year-old drivers? Nah, I don't think so. we got to keep it. What do you say? 855-616-1620. It's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Let's see. We've got a number of texts. Dan from the uh, 920. My son did the written test, and then he did the driving test, and I learned a lot from him, and I'm 55 years old. I could not believe the stuff they changed. Uh, from the 414, most practicing and preparation is to pass that road test. You're not going to practice if you don't have to take the road test. Uh, the driver's test is from Troy. The driver's test sets a baseline or expectation. You prepare yourself with an adult to reach those expectations. You know a proportion of people, parents, will not work to get to that level that they were required to prior. Yeah, see, that's the thing. And as I, listen, I taught my daughter to drive, taught is, you know, uh, exploded and screamed. I was a Wazalewski, but without the credentials. Uh, but... Parents, you're supposed to do 30 hours supervised by parents, okay? And then 9 to 12 with the driving instructor. But that math can get very fuzzy, you know? If I'm driving with my kid for 45 minutes, am I going to put an hour or am I going to put 45 minutes? You hope you'll put 45 minutes and do it all, but people get busy. And I think this test, I, I think, again, to add that pressure... To add that expectation that you have to do this is important. Uh, Kyle looked up after our after our story from about Mister Wazalewski. Kyle looked up his driver. I can't believe you looked up your driving instructor and found him. I knew his last name started with a W, so I was okay. like, "What? What was his name?" And I looked it up. So I'm from Wausau, Central Wisconsin, originally, and. Uh, I looked up 2006 Wausau Driving Schools, and there it is, Wold Driving School Incorporated. Oh, my God. Run by uh, Cecil Wold himself. Yeah, um, he was like a Wazalewski in that, like, if you would be... <laughs> If you would be driving down a two uh, a two lane road with a painted strip, you know, painted line in the middle, yeah. he would grab the wheel while you were driving and would put you closer to the center of 
the of the oh the line. man um, because he he was a uh, stickler for staying far away from cars that might be parked on the street or okay. or people on bicycles, whatever. He's like, you got to give everybody your space, but I guess giving everybody your space means you're closer to the people that are driving yeah, straight they, towards you. Well, a head-on <laughs> collision is always better than hitting a parked car. It takes care of business faster, yeah. I suppose. That's why I'm <laughs> but, not a driving instructor because my my lessons would be horrible. So, uh, did you? Did, that had to be scary, though. If you're a kid learning how to drive and, and Cecil's going over there and yanking the steering wheel. Yeah, it is. I mean, easy, Cecil. You as a, yeah, that is exactly what you say. <laughs> you say, easy there, Cecil. Get your hands easy. off the wheel. Yeah, yeah. It was, uh, it, it's funny that I found it, but it um, is funny. hearing the stories about Wazalewski, I'm like, that definitely sounds like my old driving instructor. We need to bring those kind of driving instructors back. News time on 620 WTMJ.